Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome. Welcome. Frozen shirt of a stranger. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Now here's psychologist Jean Burko Gleason. Jean, let's talk about stress from smelling the once frozen shirt of a stranger. Okay. This is a study. The title of this study is Olfactory Cues from Romantic Partners and Strangers Influence Women's Responses to Stress. One more time with pizzazz olfactory cues, that means smells, right? From romantic partners and strangers influence women's responses to stress. Before we go into this in any further depth at all, if the only thing you knew was the title, what might you expect? I would imagine that women who smell their friends feel better than women who smell strangers. Are there women who do not smell their friends? Well, you know, we are all under the influence of many cues from the people around us. And there are people who study things like pheromones that show that people give out various kinds of olfactory cues, including what are referred to as pheromones. But just the ordinary odor of a person, everybody has a distinctive odor. So I think that that's part of what we know about people is their typical smell. I have to ask you, I have to ask you, do you have smelly friends? Do I have smelling or smelly? Smelly friends. I, I, I don't know exactly what you mean. You said we were talking about people who smell their friends. Well, yes, but we all smell everything. You know, when you get in an elevator, sometimes you want to get back out of the elevator because you smell everybody in that elevator. You've had some bad experiences? Oh, God, yes. I'm very glad that I've gotten older because when you get older, all of your senses get a little weaker. You know, your sense of taste gets a little weaker. So, for instance, whereas I couldn't possibly drink beer when I was younger because it was so hideously bitter. Now I can do it. And when I was younger, my sense of smell was so acute. I got in an elevator. I was sometimes overwhelmed by the confusion of smells of all those people in the elevator and wanted to get off. Do you remember the first time that happened? No, it happened all my life. I remember from the time I was a very small person that you didn't want to get near people because they smelled so powerful. Are there any of them who stick in mind? Uh, Yeah, I, I have had some terrible experiences like that. I guess the worst one I ever had like that was um, in a, uh, uh, like a cable car. 
in some European country. And it was a country where we were in a small cable car going up a mountain. And there were men in this cable car who obviously came from cultures that didn't use deodorants. And it was very overwhelming. How long was the ride? It wasn't very long, but it was memorable. Can you describe the smell? No! That's the kind of smell you don't want to describe. I mean, it was an overwhelming smell of people who should have taken a bath before they got in the cable car. Have you had it happen in office buildings? Well, yes. I mean, not to that extent, but in office buildings, as I say, when I was younger, especially, uh, everybody had a particular smell. And sometimes you would get in constrained places and be quite overcome by what you smelled. Were you ever in that kind of situation and overcome in a happy way, a pleasant smell? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so because, you know, it's a very intimate thing to smell other people. So you don't want to know what the back of someone's neck smells like unless you're like in an intimate situation. Well, that's what I'm asking about. Well, I'm not going to get into my more intimate experiences in my youth. You don't have to talk about all of them. No. Okay. I mean, you know, obviously when you like someone a lot, that person smells pretty good to you. And you try to get that person into an elevator? No, you try to get that person into something nicer than an elevator. Ah. All right. Let's talk about this study, shall we? Yes, indeed. Who wrote this? It was written by Marlise K. Hofer, Hannah K. Collins, Ashley V. Willens, and Francis S. Chen. And they published it in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, January 2018. And you know this journal? Yeah, it's a good journal. It's a a well-known journal. It's a a first-ranked journal, Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. What do they say they did here? 96 women were randomly assigned to smell one of three scents, their romantic partners, a stranger's, or a neutral scent, and exposed to an acute stressor, the Trier Social Stress Test. Perceived stress and cortisol were measured continuously throughout the study, five and seven times respectively. Perceived stress was reduced in women who were exposed to their partner's scent. You want me to go on with the results here? What do you make of this so far from what they've said here? Sometimes it's hard to tell from an abstract that this is what people did, but I don't know the Trier social stress test, but obviously it's a test that has shown in the past to make people feel stress. So here you've got all of these women who are exposed to the smell of their partner and the smell of a stranger and the smell of something neutral. And I don't know what that neutral thing is. And here they're saying that if you measure cortisol, which is a, a stress, evidence of stress in your blood, if you measure that cortisol, it turns out that people who smell their partner were less stressed than people who didn't smell their partner. Is this in agreement with your personal experience? I haven't been in stress tests, okay? I I haven't been in a situation where I felt stressed and somebody had to be the shirt of somebody I know and said, you know, smell this shirt. You've never been in that situation? No, but basically that's what they did here. They stressed people. They gave them a chance to sniff the shirt of their friendly partner of a stranger and a shirt that was neutral. They didn't smell like anybody. So 
in doing this, they showed that if you are stressed, the smell of the person who's your partner makes you feel less stressed. That makes sense. Makes sense because yep. it, it means that, for instance, to think of it historically, through history, if you're in a bad situation, you're going to feel better if you know you have a friend right there. You're not alone. If you smell your friend, your friend is likely to be there. In this case, it's a frozen shirt. But in our older days, people didn't have frozen shirts. They had people. In the darkest of times, you would want to smell the frozen shirt of a loved one, you're saying? That is, that's correct. That's correct. And if you smell the shirt of a stranger, that might really scare you. I know that you have intense feelings and reactions sometimes to smells a little more than many people do. Would you ever consent to be part of an experiment where they're handing you the smelly shirt of a stranger? No, no I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Never? No. Well, I look, if, oh, never say never. If they said, you know, there's a million dollars for participating in this, now you're going to say, how about if there's half a million, et cetera, et cetera. But, I am you know, going to. What's, what's your price? <laughs> good, good question. It would have to be fairly high, but you know, not it, name it, it. It's it's not hopeless. You know, name somebody. It. What's your uh, price? A couple thousand dollars. Somebody said I'd give you a couple thousand dollars to smell this shirt. Okay, I'll smell this shirt. Okay, two thousand dollars American. That's your price for smelling smelly shirts. Yeah, probably. It depends on how awful I thought the experience was going to be. Let me ask you a related question, but looking or smelling in a different direction. If you think back to the days when you had young children, when you occasionally would be in a situation where you could smell the dirty diapers from other children, how did you deal with that situation? Uh, well, I tended to stay away from those children. As I say, I'm not fond of putting myself in situations where I have to experience very aversive sensory kinds of things like bad smells and bad sounds. Have you ever had any reason at all to be near a frozen shirt? No, I haven't. But, you know, obviously this was a, I think this is a, this was a pretty good design, really, don't you think? Are there any outstanding questions that you might have about this whole topic that don't seem to be addressed by this study or by other studies that you know of? Well, you know, I think you always have to ask when people do a study why they chose one gender. You want to know, you know, doing a laboratory study is a very constrained situation. So you want to know how can we generalize this or what does it mean for life in general or what are we showing about human beings? Now, they've showed this about women. But you have to ask, well, why did they decide to show it about women? Why did they have 96 women? Why didn't they do it the other way around, for instance? Why didn't they have 96 men as well and put them in the similar situation and see if men are comforted by the smell of their partner's frozen shirt? Now, it's possible they did. We're just looking at one study here that they did. We don't know whether they did the kind of study in addition to this that you're talking about? I don't know their history, and I haven't read, the, and we have basically the abstract here and not the article. So uh, they they probably uh, are smart people, and they probably considered this or, or dealt with it in their discussion. But still, reading the abstract, that's the kind of thing that comes to mind. Are we talking about just women, or are we talking about the way human beings react 
There's an old uh, joking possible truth that I've heard people in the psychology world make quite a bit, that many people who devote their lives to psychology, to studying psychology, to doing experiments in psychology, are interested because they, they have some very particular worry about themselves that they're centering on. In your experience, you've known an awful lot of professional psychologists. In your experience, do the people who do this kind of experiment with smelly shirts of strangers, uh, does that relate to something that particularly gets under their skin? I don't know these people, obviously, and can't guess anything about their own psyches. But in general, I think you have to assume that you pursue things that are of interest to you, and they're of interest to you probably because they have some personal meaning to you. I have done lots of work on language, and certainly my interest in pursuing studies in language is related to the fact that I really like language. So these people, no doubt, what gives you the idea that you know, that you want to work on stress and cortisol, partly because those are very meaningful things to you. And why smelly shirts? Well, that's just that's just a way of doing it. It's not this is not about smelling shirts. This is about yeah, but why why this way of doing it? It's one way of doing it, and probably the frozen shirt. I mean, there's been a lot of other research where people are given, uh, the, not necessarily frozen shirts, but given the, the dirty shirts of people to smell. I mean, I'm sure that's that's true. Well, these are frozen dirty shirts from the sound. Yeah, well, I don't know why they were frozen, but that's okay. How do you preserve a smell? I guess that preserves it and freeze it. And let me just ask you a distantly related question. Of all the people whose smells you have encountered by accident under whatever circumstances, and we won't go into that necessarily, what's the best unexpected smell of a person you've ever encountered, and what's the worst? Um, I think the best was a Frenchman I once knew who used a particular cologne called Jean-Marie Farina. Uh, and it's a marvelous smelling French cologne, and he smelled just delicious. So I would say that that, that wonderful smelling Frenchman was probably the best smelling person I ever met. I and should not ask you any further questions about no, that person, you, correct? You, sh you should definitely not ask anything further about that. Okay. And, and the worst? The worst is... Uh, you know, it's interesting that you ask that because because uh, there really was a worse. And the worst thing that ever happened to me in this respect was that my husband Andy and I once took a train that was going to the English Channel. We were going to take a boat across the English Channel. And we were on the train to the port where we took to Calais or someplace. I forget where it was. Maybe it was the English side. But anyway, we're on this train and there was a like a conductor on the train who sat at the end of the car and he fell asleep. And he fell asleep after taking his shoes off. And we wanted to ask him a question like, when does the train arrive to the boat? And we approached this man and luckily he was sleeping because if he had seen the look on our faces when we got a whiff of his feet, I think he might have been distressed. But it was the worst people smell I have ever smelled. Do you think he made a bad career choice? No, I think he just had 
just apparently some people have awful bacteria in their feet. And this was one of those people who had the worst feet in the world. Do you mind if I end our little discussion here? Well, that's good. You've been listening, if you've been listening to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research podcast. What we explored today was featured in the magazine in the special psychology research issue of the magazine, Annals of Improbable Research. I inveigle you to subscribe to the magazine and buy some back issues. Also, get some details about the 2020 Ig Nobel Prize ceremony and how we're coping with the copious constraints of the COVID-19 pandemic. And get some info about how you can help via our Patreon. All of this is at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Until then... Goodbye. 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 <laughs>